Welcome back to Hacker Hangouts. Today we are jumping in with MK Factor, who were the designers of the DEF CON 29 badge, but now the DEF CON 30 badge. And we're going to hear their story, what the struggles were with it, all the problems they hit across the way, starting from like designing like three badges and then having to scrap those and then jump into another design just because of the chip shortage and then coming across keycaps and vendors disappearing, but then some of the secrets that may be coming for DEF CON 30. So with that, MK Factor, thanks for joining us. Freaking pumped to have you here. Yeah, we're so, excited to be here. So the MK Factor, we've talked about this a little bit, but the M in MK Factor is you, Michael, correct? And what are you responsible for with the badge? Um, I do a lot of the electrical work and the actual circuit board and the programming. Okay. And then Katie, you're the K in MK factor. What I am. It, yeah. What, it, what is your responsibilities? Uh, I do all the art design, uh, come up with random ideas and then he makes them plausible ideas. And then I help with this. I'm mostly in charge of assembly. Okay. And that's, that's not an easy task because like, as oh, I no. watched some of your old videos, it was watching this, especially the journey from coming across the keycaps and having that fail. But like, we're getting into the details. Let's go back to like how this all started. How did you get into badge design? Like, where did it start? Um, was DEFCON 24 was your first was mine, but you were making badges before then, weren't you? Yes, for some other conferences, little local things. Mm. And then we saw Badge Life at DEF CON and said, we could do that. So we started making little little badges to sell, and that was pretty successful. And so, um, yeah, last year before DEF CON, they put out a call for badge designers. So we threw our names in the ring and ended up getting chosen. DEFCON 24 was the first time you, you engaged in badge life, but you said prior to that you were doing badges for other conferences. Were badges the way for you to get into electronics or have you been doing electronics work for a long time? Yeah, I've been doing electronics for a really long time. That's what my degree is in, it's in electrical engineering. So um, one of my friends at the local hackerspace said, hey, I need help with this for a conference. And so I helped him out and then started doing it for that conference and then another one and just kind of kept going. But he was doing badges, it. like he was doing circuit boards in high school. I love that story. It's always a matter of like a friend asked for help and then I got a 15 year hobby out of it. Uh yeah. <laughs> so you heard the the call for badges. You were crazy enough to go, you know what, we're, we're gonna go after that. And what's, what's crazy about this, this didn't happen a year ahead of time. What it happened in oh. February, so there's only like what six months because it probably took him like a month to make the decision. But like first, actually, yeah. what was the what was the interview? Like I guess the interview or the application. What did you have to actually do to fill that out? Did you have to give samples? Like how, how much work was it to actually apply? Um, yeah, so it was just a little questionnaire. You know, what have you done before? How big of you know things have you done? How many badges? And give them some examples, and then it was weeks of interviews with dark tangent and is you know we would come up with some ideas and you know try to see what he liked from all the different groups and then eventually at the end of february he picked 
So when you submitted your application, was it, was it like you submitted it and you're like, you were probably at this like peak of like, this is going to be so much fun and enjoyment. And then you submitted it. And then was the waiting process Were you ner- I'm assuming you were probably just nervous while you were waiting for the, the answer. And as the month, it was, how long did it take like a month for them to make the decision? Yeah. And so I think Katie's right. I think it was end of March when they actually yes. it. took them a month, but it took quite a few weeks from the call for badge designers until we first got contacted. So it was kind of out of the blue. I didn't expect anything. Yeah. So. We, uh, when they, so he asked me, Hey, they're doing a badge, like call for badges. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> he's like, can we, do you want to, do you want to do this? And I was like, well, we joked that it'd be funny to do the DEF CON badge. And, and then I'm like, yeah, let's do it. We're not going to get picked. And then we kept getting not eliminated in the process because they would eliminate other teams as we went. And I was like, why are, why are we still having interviews? This is terrifying. <laughs> and then the end of March came and they're like, hey, we chose you. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Question? <laughs> you so, so I imagine, I imagine this went from, you know, over the course of a month, you're like, oh my gosh, we're making it further. Oh, they must really like us to oh my gosh, we're going to have to produce this massive <laughs> production badge. What have we signed ourselves up for? Or was it, you know, like joyous the whole way through? It was a lot of both. The roller coaster. <laughs> Mainly because right so, after they told us, two days later, we left on a family trip across country. And then Michael's oh, like, goodness. I Oh, <laughs> and so we just were riding on the high for the trip. And then we got home and freaked out. <laughs> so were you uh, on the trip quick, with like laptops open? Like, okay, now we have to like yeah. start doing this thing. Yeah. Oh, I've got somewhere a picture of me with a laptop and a second screen on my mother-in-law's kitchen table, like <laughs> trying to get stuff done. Oh goodness. So, so I want to know um, during, during the interview process, during the application process, uh, were they largely focused on, I guess the social aspects, were they focused on the technical aspects? Were they focused on the art? Were they focused on all of it? Was there things that were left out that had to be figured out much later or was it relatively intensive? Like that, like I want to know, like this is some of the, like the, the back, you know, the, the back dealings of, of DEF CON and like how the sausage gets made and how the conference shows up. How intensive was the interview process for you guys? Or did you feel like it, you know, should have been more intensive. And you're, obviously, you're sitting there like, oh my gosh, how could they have picked us? <laughs> yeah. So as we started, he's like, what's your ideas you have? And we're like, oh, we thought we were just going to be asked questions of what we've done, <laughs> you know, like a job interview kind of situation. And they're like, no, do you have any ideas of what you want to do for that this year's badge? And so through the interview process, we designed the badge through interview process so literally so you literally designed the the badge as you were doing the interview as opposed to i have to imagine other people came in with preset designs that probably lost out that that's fascinating and that that actually um makes a lot of sense for defcon i'll say is a lot of defcon in general gets made as we fly the plane if you will the plane gets you know built as we fly it (laughs) 
I, I think it's interesting too is like what you when you were talking about like jumping into making the defcon 29 one it wasn't like oh well, we're badge makers and we want to make money from it or like hey we want to make we want to make a huge name for ourselves it was legitimately like yeah we've been making badges and it would be cool to just do the defcon <laughs> 29 one it wasn't like this was a plan it was a this would be really cool and i feel like that's the basis for so many projects at defcon is like this would be really cool if dot, 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 and we're just go off and do it. So at this point though, you've, you've been picked and gallery, unless you have another question, I would say you've, you've been picked. You now start designing the badge and you didn't just make in this. I, I talked about this earlier. You didn't just make one badge. You made like three badges because you did what you're, you're supposed to do, right? You, you picked a chip, you designed the board and said, okay, this is what we're going to build. You ordered a prototype. You got the prototype. Yeah, like, this is really cool. This is what I want to do. And then you're like, okay, we're going to go order that. And then the ch chip was gone. Like, can you talk about like just some of that process? Like what, what was that like where you're like, this is how you're supposed to design, but yet this is what we ended up doing. Yeah, it was really frustrating. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we had to keep, we changed chips three times mm -hmm. and we got to the point where we were in the, using the same chip families you know, from microchip. And so similar enough that I could look through a data sheet and go, yeah, this one's going to work as well as that one did. And so we just ordered it before we made a prototype, before we even touched that chip. That it was a little scary. <laughs> it seems so it funny to me. Yeah, like that you're going like, this is how you're supposed to do it. It's like order it, design it, prototype it. And you had no option to do that, especially at this scale. Like how many badges were you responsible for? Like, again, this was DEFCON 29, COVID, re remote. So it was less badges than it should have been. But it was it was a crazy timetable, too. Yeah, so initially it was 10,000 badges. And then late in the process, D'Artagnan said, hey, numbers are looking way better. Can we make more? And so we ended up going to 13,500. And we're the dumb ones that said, yeah, sure, let's do this. <laughs> what, and what's interesting about that, too, is like any anyone else who manufactured badge, they'd be dead in the water. You can't just go, oh, yeah, and let's let's go ahead and order more because you had to deal with the chip shortage and things like that. Some of the problems you came up along the way. And again, I, I cheated. I want I had I've been like salivating over your badge ever since I saw it was some of the problems Like you you ended up like, keycaps like i want to talk about keycaps yeah. because that was one of the problems you came across <laughs> one yeah so. I, I love you dearly by the way because this like i don't know i don't even know if that will come over the mic but like yeah there's something magical about blue switches like which makes people hate you and love you at the same time but keycaps like let's dive into that one because this seems like oh yeah you just buy keycaps like that that's not a problem what happened so the biggest issue is we wanted the keycaps that you could put your own legend in. That was one of the big things we wanted. And it was actually one of the things that earned us the badge maker spot. Mm -hmm. right? So slight tangent, dark tangent was wanting something that would set us apart from the other badge groups. And one of the things we came up with was adding a set of legends to the program book that people could cut out and put in their badge. He's like, that's really cool and something different. And so we had to have those keycaps. And yep. so I had found a manufacturer that could do them, that could make them in time and fit our budget, which was tiny. And 
then they ghosted us after oh, they had even gotten samples back from the factory. Like I have a picture of him holding a few of these keycaps. Like these look great. I'm like awesome. Let's order these right now. And then I didn't hear from him for a month. Oh, <laughs> and so, and what was your time table? And, like from start to finish, you had like what six months. So where would have that been? Because he wasted a month of your time. He got back to us in May. Yeah, mid, like late, like the end of May, beginning of June. Mm-hmm. So that's like three months. Like you have three months yeah. to figure out how to make what it's ten thousand. Like well, we had already been printing by then, right? Yeah. Okay. Like two weeks in, we were like, we can't wait. We need to decide what we're doing. Yeah. So we reached out to a bunch of other manufacturers and there were a couple that could make them for us, but they were either going to take way too long or they wanted like four times the price. And so it just wasn't feasible. So I have a friend of mine, Marv, I was like, hey, can you print some of these keycaps? Because he had a resin printer. And so he printed some samples for me. I'm like, that's good enough, right? <laughs> so I did some math and we bought a horde of you know, resin printers and started making them. I mean, 24 hours a day for two months. It was a, uh, hey, do we do this? And I'm like, we have no choice. Let's, let's go. <laughs> and you're dealing with numbers, which are just like 10,000 badges. There's four keycaps on each one. You're like 40,000 keycaps. And, you're, and there's two parts per keycap. <laughs> oh, gosh. And there's two parts to a keycap. And it, on one side of things, I know, and this will not show up on camera, I'm sure, but on every single keycap, it has the word DEFCON. And on the goon badge, it has the word goon on it, which is just incredible. Like, there's no way it will come up on camera. But like, it was these little details, which would you were you planning on getting those if you went with like a man, if you printed them and went through a manufacturer or that was something you totally just added? That was something we added when we realized we could because we were making them ourselves. And Goodness. the other big thing is when D'Artagnan came to us and said, hey, can we make more? We're like, yes, we actually can, because we're not relying on someone else to make these. So you had to print like 40,000 keycaps. You had to buy printers and you justify that because like, you know, you're making money off this. So like, why don't we buy the hardware to do it? How many 3D printers did you end up having to buy to, to, to fulfill all this order? We originally bought seven and then one died and we had to buy an eight. Mm-hmm. Then he fixed the one and then we had eight going at one point. Yeah. So, <laughs> so- so what are you doing with those now? Are you putting them back into production for DEFCON 30? Are you just making more keycaps? Is, is your life keycap bill now? Or? Never, ever again. No, she, <laughs> she told me I couldn't keep eight resin printers. <laughs> so no, we got rid of those. Or, you know, friends and local people, and uh, we've got one left. We have seven, right? Is that who we kept? Yeah. Yeah. So- Hold on, which one did you keep? Because at one point you said you named these things because they obviously they were close either as like things you hated. So you wanted to name them so you knew which one to yell at. But which one did you end up keeping? Was it was it Prince Charming? Was it Snow White? Was it one of the dwarves? Because those are believe the names you picked for them. So the seven dwarves were for our vats, like the things that held the resin. But the printers all had different random names. We kept seven, seven, seven. Yeah. Okay. 
Now, yeah. you want one of the things which are tricky with 3D printers is obviously you have you have all the resin you have to buy. So you have these vats of resin. But then after you print them and all the mistakes that you ha have where like one doesn't the keycap doesn't get pulled up and they have to clean the whole thing. You have to then like mm -hmm. put them through a wash process, which uses uses yeah. alcohol. And you you made the decision to use clear keycaps. And when I saw there's like this green liquid that you have to like flush them through to get them clean. Did the clear uh, the clear caps present like problems for you when you were trying to print those things? Um, yeah. So you're talking about the, the cleaning solution, right? Yeah, the cleaning solution. Like after you print them oh. off, like you went with clear ones. So I'm wondering, like, did, you, did they start getting dyed or changed or anything like that during the cleaning process? So we tried quite a diff few different things to clean them off one of which was a green solution i don't remember what it's called but we did a lot of research and that was one of them that we tried and it does put a slight tint on the prints which is a problem we also tried something that was purple yeah and a lot of different things but in the end isopropyl alcohol is what works the best to keep it nice and clear yeah in one of the things you did though is you wanted the alcohol gets kind of mucked up with the resin <laughs> You came up yep. with your own process to clean that, didn't you? <laughs> so I don't know if it's our own process. It's a very <laughs> ancient process. <laughs> we reach back into our hillbilly ancestry. <laughs> so yeah, so what, we, what was the process? So we created a still and we distilled the alcohol out of the resin mixture. <laughs> That's amazing. And I love, I love it. the the show. And so when he made me a distillery, I was so proud. <laughs> <laughs> so you, I uh, made it just go on, go on, go right. Oh, I was going to say it's, it's just, you know, are you guys, you guys do moonshine now because you know, one hobby gives way to another <laughs> hobby. Apparently. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. So, I should say, do you have a professional uh, distillery now? You're not moonshiners. No, 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 no. There was so much resin in that stuff. It was gross. <laughs> <laughs> you were able to recoup like 75% of the waste back through that. Like that yeah, was, yeah, that's, that's incredible because that's a lot of, that's a lot of savings. We can save like 75% of it. So like at one point, like, did you look at this distillery? Like you're, as you're going through this build process, you have like seven, eight 3d printers. You have all these different vats of cleaning solution. You now have a distillery at a certain point where you just like have, you were just running out of space in your workshop. Oh yeah. This blood over into our entire house. Yeah. And the distillery was on the kitchen table for, you know, months or just <laughs> running there. And I mean, Keycaps and badges all over the house. It was crazy. Tables everywhere, boxes everywhere. <laughs> like my kids are like, where do we sit? I don't know. You go, you go find some place to go. So I, uh, I, I want to get into some more pieces of the badge, but I want to ask: Has this year been smoother for you guys in the production <laughs> process, or have you run up against similarly nightmarish scenarios? No, no nightmares yet. <laughs> well, I, you know, yet I, it's a month before a con. I, I, if there's no nightmares yet, I, you know, we'll cross our fingers for you. <laughs> so when it uh, comes it's going fairly smooth as of right now, but ask us in like a couple of weeks and see how we <laughs> <Yeah>. feel. <laughs> so here, here's the question: of the DefCon 30 badge. 
So traditionally, every other year goes between circuitry badge and mechanical badge. Are are you following that same tradition this year where we're flipping back to a mechanical badge? No. It's electronic again. It's going to be electronic again. Yeah. Any, so 3D printers aside, so is it is it going to be reminiscent of the old badge or is it a brand new design, brand new chip, brand new concept? Because DEFCON 29 badge, you built it to be this remote concept like it had key, key shortcuts for discord there was ways of interacting remotely there's the whole idea of this usb lanyard which i want to dive into because i just that was fascinating and for you know after 29 years it's hard to imagine anything new under the sun so this year is it borrowing any design from last year is a brand new concept i don't think there's anything similar about the two yeah awesome completely different yeah, I know you guys can't share a whole lot of details with us. And also, I don't want any spoilers yeah. myself. So um, I, I'm going to dive into the, the, the section is I'm more of a firmware junkie. I'm, a, I'm a more of a okay. on the development side, the software side. So I want to jump into I know the concept for this badge, for those who don't know uh, or didn't come last year, at least when it was originally shipped, it came with uh, Simon Says firmware. Then there were some other things put up uh, online. To, and it was like a group, Simon says. And one of my favorite things about going to last year's DEF CON was, you know, we we're just coming out of super lockdown pandemic. We weren't even sure if it was going to happen and then it was going to happen. And one of the first things I saw when I, when I walked in on Friday was this group of, I don't know, like 25 people standing in a circle, all connecting their badges to each other, trying to stay as distanced as they possibly could, you know, wearing masks. And and them trying to collectively play Simon Says for like 20 minutes while they're waiting for the next talk to start. And I did really enjoy. And the fact that it had uh, features built into it with the idea of being able to interact with Discord and, and, and engage with the community in some way. There was a lot of, you know, at least uh, from the DEF CON Darknet side. We like to uh, focus on the social aspects of the badge, not just the puzzles. The puzzles come with it. The puzzles are fun. Uh, you know, there's always the the quests. We call them quests um, that teach you something in some way. Um, you know, was that social aspect to developing these features of the badge was that an early concept, or did that come along late in the process? It was a very early thing. Um, it was one of the the challenges that our tangent gave us was how can you make a badge that people remotely can also play with and do things and interact? And yeah, we definitely like, you know, trying to get people together and interact. What was the and, most... Oh, go on, Gary. No, I, I was just going to say, and I know at least from um, the badge makers community is is relatively rich, and it sounds like you've been in it for a long time. I'm I'm relatively new to the badge life community, uh, despite having been developing the software for Darknet's uh, badge for some time. But I know there's a pretty strong community there. Did you pull inspiration from anywhere from uh, from any other badges you've seen before? Was there you know quests or cryptograms or things that um, you went you know that's really cool. I want to try and incorporate that in. Were you I know you there. There was a limit on who and what you could talk about the uh, with the badge development process, but uh, did you pull inspiration from anywhere? Um, for the the badges connecting to each other, I think it was probably inspired by the QueerCon badge, the Squid from years ago. 
That was the coolest thing. Beautiful thing. Yeah. So one of the things you did, which I am jealous of one is the, this lanyard, by the way, after 29 years, this singularly is the most comfortable, softest lanyard on any badge, just throwing it out there. It was strong. It was fantastic. But the thing I loved about it is it's, you know, it's USB, it's USB C on one side, it's USB a on the other. And the thing about it, which is just so cool is it's a physical connection. It's not over wireless or Bluetooth. Was that always the intention to have it be hardwired in, or did you actually consider it having it be like some, some sort of fancy connection? Like in DEFCON 27, it was like the cochlear implant, um, like magnetic communication where this was like physical. Did you have plans to do like Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or anything like that? Um, we didn't for quite a few reasons. Um, Wireless is a pain in the butt. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it really yeah. is. And especially with thousands and thousands of devices, it tends to have issues. And it's expensive to do. Expensive just in cost as well as battery. Super expensive to do wireless. So this was the cheapest, best option. So I... Oh, I was going to say, was would it surprise you to know that uh, this... A USB cable is the one that travels with me pretty much everywhere now. It is my go-to for throw it in my travel bag and and have it because the I mean the the cap at the end keeps the keeps the I've bent so many USB cables and made them unusable over the time, so I just keep the lanyard cap on it and it just goes in my bag. And I have heard from other people that this is the same thing. They brought it back. It's flat. It's compact. It's useful. I've even used the ruler. <laughs> Um, so, you know, did you, did you think that that would be the case, that this would be the piece of the badge that I, that people use continually? That was our hopes. Like we, so we have our like wall of badges and we like to make something that people can use or enjoy instead of just at the con, they can use it all throughout the year. And so he had the idea of doing a USB lanyard and i'm like that's kind of cool so mine's in my car all the time and it chart like for my car and goes with me everywhere as well <laughs> yeah it's, it was a unique badge when you started looking at uh, how people used it because like one of the um what was it there was a, a video i did on my channel where someone had made it so we you would you would plug into the badges and then they would exchange like a key and they would unlock new functionality on the badge and he had written a little like PHP page where you could sync your badge up to that and then make exchanges of people online. Was there things like that, which you had not expected people to do and just surprised you? Like what was your surprises at con of what you saw people doing with the badge? Um, one of the big surprises for me. So with the coin cell battery, battery life was terrible. Right, and so we implemented tons of sleep modes and all kinds of things to make it last the entire conference. But people wanted it to be blinky all the time. And so I saw a lot of people actually plugging the lanyard both sides into their own badge because then it would communicate with itself and stay on and keep the lights on. And their batteries would last oh. a day. <laughs> but yeah, surprising things that I didn't think people would do. I didn't see that. Yeah, I saw a lot of people like that. <laughs> okay, so let me cool. ask you this question. With implementing sleep modes and all of that, how 
How much time did you spend on the software development versus the hardware development? Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was doing code right up until the last minute. Like we had assembled, actually, we didn't finish the code until right before we got to DEF CON. And I think you were writing some of it on our way down. Yeah, on the drive down, finishing it up, you know, little finishing touches. And then we reflashed all the badges the day before with the help of, oh, no. I don't know how many 20, volunteers. 20 some people. Yeah, a bunch of goons and other people there helping us <laughs> reflash all the badges before registration. We, we are intimately familiar with uh, doing exactly that thing because was it four years ago, three years ago, Silk? Um, we were developing the DEF CON uh, or the Darknet 7. I believe it was the Darknet 7 badge. Or no, it was, the, it was our last badge. It was the Darknet 8 badge. And we were writing, as you, as you said, uh, we had an over-the-air update, a wireless update mechanism uh, where we could push firmware. And that was our way of saying, okay, if anything goes wrong, everyone's going to be able to update their badge. We'll even put like Raspberry Pi code up so they can host their own OTA server and do this update. And we're going to make it easy for the community to just, just help us out. Because I don't know if you had mm -hmm. seen prior your darknet badges go wrong, but we had monster lines of people waiting to to reflash their badges because we messed something up. But this year, that, that say again, we've done that several times, yeah. so we totally get it. <laughs> so the, the darknet eight badge, we're in the process of literally flashing the badges, pack, packaging them up at DefCon, like seven hours before the conference goes live it's like midnight or maybe it was like 10 p.m whatever and we f we literally flashed the last badge and i believe silk was sealing up the the bag mm -hmm. and and command code's sitting there and they were like oh finally we're done the packaging is always the worst step by far in my opinion your your fingers hurt by the end of it you're sick of dealing with those you know, small diodes and everything you got put in the bags because we sell uh, sell kits and I'm testing out the OTA server and I click the button to update and I get a seg fault. And I went, oh crap. And literally I remember everyone in the room just looking at me like, please don't, please don't do this. Please don't do this to us. We haven't eaten. Please, please don't do this to us. And I was like, there's a bug. I have to fix it. And they're like, is it a critical bug? Can we do it over the air? And I was like, it's in the over the air update code. I'm sorry, guys. We have to reflash all the badges. Oh, no. And you just see the entire room go. <sighs> all right, someone go buy us dinner. <laughs> it was, I remember it. It was, it was that moment, too, where I remember we see, just sealed the last one. And you have this like entire internal debate that just goes on in your head. You're like, it's over the air update and you go through all the reasons you're like, but we could do no, it's over the air update, but we could, do we really have to No, But if, but if we could, and you had this whole like internal negotiation of 30 seconds when everyone was completely quiet. And then it was like, F and then it's like, just like <laughs> case after case and your fingers are already raw. Yeah. But I just remember like, it was the best burger I have ever had in my life. It was like some crappy burger. It was like 12 hours since any of us had eaten. It was like, it was the best was awful burger. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, um, but all, all I was going to say was like, well, we're, <laughs> it's amazing how that works is we're trying to patch and pack features into the badge, do all the software development. I think all, all a lot, 
most people, when they show up to the conference, all they see is the actual hardware component and they get to play with it. They get the, the, the social aspects. They get to hook up with each other. Maybe they engage with some of the puzzles that are on the surface. A lot of people don't do the software stuff. I'm always amazed by how much work actually goes into the software on some of these things. You know, whether it be as complica complicated as one of these badges back here that has Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and hosts servers and does like random communication, or I'm not going to say this is not simple by any means, but, or, or you know, not as complicated. Um, this, the software development that goes into, you know, we're, let me ask you this question. Were you familiar with the instruction set uh, for this particular chip? Um, did you have to learn... Uh, you know, a new board support package uh, platform? Did you, or did you just take something you already knew? Um, that one was something I kind of already knew. I'm familiar with Atmel Studio. I guess it's Microchip Studio now. Um, so yeah, that wasn't too big a stretch. I've worked with ARM processors before, so nothing crazy. Oh. Yeah, surprised you got as much to run off of. This is basically a large watch battery, right? Uh, I forget what these are <laughs> yeah. called. They're they're little, little puck batteries. Um, I was surprised at how long. Well, I want I want to I want to point this out to you. I have not done anything to this badge, and despite that, there's still some amount of power left in that puck battery <laughs> a year That's later. Awesome. So, like yeah, the, I, your your power savings mechanisms are are you know. <laughs> They'll, uh, what is the what is the phrase? Oh, they're sufficient. Yeah, they're good. They're good. Uh, so they're they're great because well, I have two I have two examples here. Same thing is like that. Th this one still this one still lights up and this one still lights up. Oh, they're not going to focus. Blurry as they are. There they go. That they, they both they both have just enough battery, which which will actually kick on. Yeah. And I had mine on the whole time. So they nice. they really are kind of kind of surprising. So. When, when you, how this is kind of like just such a weird one because you've designed this, you had them all, you had a lot of these social in, in interactions. Can you just run through some of the features of the badge? Because I, I haven't actually, I don't know them all. You had some smart ones you put in was like, oh, wait, people are going to have to upgrade firmware. So I'm going to, you hold this button, you plug it in, works like a mass storage device. You drag and drop the new firmware in. So you had to like program this update functionality. You also had to program it so it acts like a keyboard and things like that. But then there was like a number of games and features in it. Can you just run through some of those for us? Um, I'll try to remember. Right. Yeah, it was, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, so the the USB update thing is built into the chip. Okay. It's in ROM. You can't delete it. It's really nice. And so that's triggered by that button I specifically put on that pin so that if you hold it low when it boots, it goes into its own bootloader and does that, um, which I can't recommend USB bootloaders enough, especially ones that are built into chips. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> Um, so as far as features, we had the Simon game, um, and what, is that the only game we did? Yeah, we, we, had other, we had other ideas. Well, we ran out of space and time. Yeah. Um, so we had the, the macro keyboard functionality, which mostly worked mm -hmm. and on its good days. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the challenge with people connecting badges together so it would keep track of what badges you've connected to and what types and all kinds of stuff. And there was kind of a challenge with that, but not 
white. So there was the big display in the hangout area mm-hmm. and you could plug your badge in and it would give you stats of how many people you connected to and if you collected all the different badge types and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, that was kind of fun being able to see the, ch- the, the challenge device. Uh, like you'd go, walk up, it was really cool display. You, pl- you plugged your badge in and you get the whole readout and then you'd go, okay, I need to go connect with you know the Uber badge or I need to go connect with this. So that was a really cool like way to interact with a physical object because oftentimes like the badges you grab, you sit down, you hack away on them and you're like in your own little world here. Where this one was like it forced you to go interact with other people, which was really cool. Yeah, and one of the the cool things we implemented was once you had connected to all the different badge types, your badge became kind of like any badge. So then you could give other people the ones that they hadn't collected yet. And we did that kind of on purpose so that the people with the rare badges weren't assaulted (laughs) by the hordes of attendees trying to connect with all the different types. Mm. That's a good, Uh, good call. We uh we implemented something. Where is it? Uh, back other side, other side. Actually, yeah, this red badge. This is our our developers kit from this year. Uh, from that year, this was the one that um we had it. Uh, you know, prior to the pandemic, uh, we were like, we want to we want to see how well things spread in, in terms of uh, or how quickly things spread in terms of viruses. So we had like a variety of different infections that you could pass between badges. And they some of them were done with Bluetooth. Never again. Oh God. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So I I was I was gonna ask. Uh, I I presume that the the connectors uh, and it's hard to see here, but there's a bunch of connectors on on each side. Are these simply uh, serial connections? Just basic. Okay. Yeah, um, were there any nightmares around that connection? Because we've had. I mean, all of our all of our badges in some way have connected with each other and they you know some of them we literally just did pins there you just took some jumper cables and connected them some of them were were wireless connections did you have any particular issues with those uh physical connectors or how many an even better question how many different types of physical connectors did you go through before landing on these because i like these yeah i'll say that we went through a lot of connectors trying to figure out what work and connectors are expensive crazy expensive and i think these ended up being 50 cents a piece so there's two dollars in just those connectors on every badge and those were the cheapest ones we could find that would do what we needed yeah cheapest and most sturdy but like still not that sturdy yeah because connectors are just not to get our badge our budget was initially 13 and then when we changed over to it's going to be in person partially we were able to bump it up to 15. so i mean it's more than more than 10 percent of the badge was just these connectors that's insane yeah, yeah. just those four connectors, just to be clear it, not even... uh, it was just it was such a large part of how the badge functioned and the interaction that we we had to have them it was worth the cost yeah yeah. Um, on the software side, did you have any? Did you have any troubles with them? Did you find them reliable? Were they, you know, finicky at times? They were very finicky, <laughs> <laughs> um, and more so. A big issue we had was trying. I mean, these things are exposed to the world, right? And you can touch them, and you get all kinds of spurious signals and 
trying to filter and make sure that what the data that it was getting is actually data from another badge was at times challenging. And then the just software design issue of you can connect these in a grid. And how does that communication pattern work? It, yeah, was a, a problem. <laughs> oh, sheesh. So you've, you chose to do a badge and this one was in four months, the whole, whole design, it'd get done four months and you lose little pieces of time. You lose pieces of time. Like we, we got awarded while we were traveling, uh, traveling to family. And then you had to design that yeah. we decided on a chip and then you lose the time by going, okay, swap chip, swap chip, swap chip, chip shortage, things like that. You lose time then with the key caps and that was like a m- month and then you have to plan and pivot. How much time do you think it actually took? And if you get rid of all the nonsense, all of the mess, how much time did you really have to start to finish to design the actual board from, it sounds like it'd probably be like like three months or did you have more time than that? You think, or is it less? Um, probably less. (laughs) Yeah. So here's the question. Are you talking like from design to production? From design to production, if you get rid of, we'll say if you get rid of all of the mess, like we'll, let's say of going through all of it, but from start to finish, you say you had, you had the parts you wanted, you had the, you had the idea for keycaps. Like if you remove all of the, let's say like the, the gyrations of going through and like the, the mess, how much time did you actually have to like per, to, to produce the badge? You had the idea, you had the chip you needed. How much time did you have? I don't know. What do you think? For production, we had like two weeks. <laughs> I don't. We didn't sleep much, yeah. so we don't really know what days were. Oh, like there was a little sleep yeah. in between, but I don't think we knew when days ended and when days started. So not enough time. <laughs> so here's the interesting less, piece to me. Oh, go on. I would say less than a month. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, don't, I don't know. There was not enough sleep. <laughs> That's, I mean, kudos to you guys. That's really impressive. I mean, seriously, like you must, you must really know what you're doing to be able to to pull that together in that amount of time and produce something as I, I would say as impressive as this in in that little amount of time. Or we're just really crazy. <laughs> hey. A little bit of both. Why not? One of the questions I have on the badge, though, is you put so much time into the art design. And there's like the artist badge. There's the coon badge. There's the human badge. There's so many badges, the Uber badge. And every one of them has a little bit different of art. So one of the questions I have is, was it the art when you were designing the badge? Did you have an idea for the art that you wanted to do it? And that is what set the, the the hardware design or did you create the hardware design and then that is what shoved forward with the art? It was a collaborative thought to go with the three, like the, sorry, this is the Uber. I don't have a white one apparently, but like how it looks like it's 3D. And that'd be really cool if we had tessellating shapes. And so I really love the idea of the tessellation shape so you could build different shapes and play with things like that. So we kind of, when we first started this, we just kind of drew out a shape and several different shapes. We thought about doing a wedge at one point and make a circle, but we had already done a circle with a Sanecon badge. And so Mm -hmm. we're like, maybe not that. And then we went with the tessellating shape. So we kind of just, as we did it together simultaneously, like. Okay. So it was, it was, 
there was a collaborative design there. Because I imagine there's always this step of, oh, can we use this shape? And then it turns into, well, what are the mechanics of that? And can I lay out the traces like I need them to be in that in that shape? Um, do you have an? Do you remember how many iterations you went through before you finally landed on? Obviously, you have the tessellating uh, aspect of it, and it's a very, I'll say, a relatively square badge. Um, and then you obviously have a the, the sandwich board uh, component of it. Was the sandwich, you know, it, did the design? Uh, portion of it lead into the mechanics of, well, we have to have a sandwich board as a result of that design decision, or was it the other way around where you said, well, I'm going to have two pieces that, that sandwich together and you designed based on that? Um, or I guess, you know, the, I, I want to know the design process for the art and, and, and like, did it, uh, I know that's a multi-stage question there but this is i think one of the most interesting parts of the badge in my opinion is how did you land on on this and did did the design come first or did it uh feed the other way around uh, the sandwich part was just based around the keys and the way you have to support those types of keys pretty much requires that he's a stickler for making sure things are as durable as possible because he doesn't want people to break the badge <laughs> and be mad that the badge is broken, right? So he's a major stickler that it will be sturdy enough to handle the con. Because uh, mm. if it was me, I'd be like, yeah, one layer, that's fine. But that's why he's in charge of board design and I do assembly. <laughs> that is one of the things to call out with this badge is it is remarkably durable because every year at like SSV or hardware hacking, Every year badge life. And this is like, for me, I've, I've been convinced that some of the badge life stuff is awesome. Like the, the DC 801 badge I did a video on solid, great design. I'm not a big fan of like, Hey, this is a blinky board, which adds to the e-waste. Like I have a genuine hate for those boards, which are just like, here's e-waste <laughs> this board. However, not only is there, like, is it feature rich and things like that, but it, it was hard to break. There was very few of them in the SSV where like, you know, every once in a while people lost like a key cap or something like that where they fell off. But the, it, their, their key caps kind of have to have that. Happen. Oh, man. You remember this, uh, this, this one back here a few years ago, the, the game board, the one that has like you can oh, travel yeah. people around. It's all the connectors on that were like flying off all over the all over the conference. I don't even think I don't think that board works in the in the back. Uh, my back, uh, back behind me. That board doesn't work anymore because, I, like, put it to you this way: I, you know, I showed earlier on the stream that this thing still turns on and it still has battery capacity left in it. A year later, um, I threw these things in my backpack on the way home. I didn't package them specially, so they they're super durable. But but mm -hmm. I want to I want to get back to focusing on on the art. So on the back of this, there's you know. 80s movies. I see E.T. I see as a Johnny Mnemonic. I see uh, the uh, Independence Day. Um, how did you land on that theme? Given uh, the theme of the conference, was it? Uh, did you feed off the theme of the conference, or you know what? What led you to kind of that 80s movie idea? So I love movies, as you can tell. Uh, I love I love movies. I love TV shows. I love entertainment in that, in that sense. Uh, but can't stop the signal. I was like, well, there's tons of movies about signal. Like you have all those ones that you've named. And I was like, that would be so fun to enter 
that's something I can give is I love random movie stuff. <laughs> and so it was my little, he, he likes movies as well, but he also knows the smart stuff and then he can actually interact with you guys and know what he's talking about. I, I do art and movies. So <laughs> yeah, hold, hold on. I will take exception to that statement where you go, Oh, he, he handles the smart stuff yet. I'm the one who hires out my art design on my channel because I'm too stupid to figure it out. Otherwise I'd spend like an hour on every thumbnail versus like pay someone. So I, I take exception for that. It is not in no way. Is it like, Oh, it's the smart stuff because like, I know I fail miserably at it multiple we, times. We have, <laughs> and, and we have this conversation year over year with DEFCON Darknet. We, we we have an entire art team that is just focused on producing the art for, for Darknet. And and so like it is like I I'm not an artist. I, I play music, but I'm not uh, you know, I don't I don't design things. And I think where you guys get the inf inspiration to produce, you know, lacking actual art and thought put into the design of of you know these badges they would just be a blank square and people would look at it and it wouldn't be anywhere near as cool as it is um and so i think that's a huge part of i like to say the lore of the conference being able to pick one of these things up and get a sense of you know this is what the community is about and link that up with the general you know, uh, populace, people coming in who maybe aren't hackers or aren't hackers yet, they can look at these things and go, I know these movies. Oh, this is, there's some crossover in culture here. And so I think that is really important. And I think that that takes intelligence. I, I So like, yeah, I, I take exception with that's the, 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 the hard stuff. I think that's hard for a lot of engineers to appreciate. You know, they take these things for granted in some, in some cases. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. He he probably appreciates um, that because I'm always doing this. So. <laughs> so if I can ask, was it fun to work? Obviously, you have the, the DEF CON uh, happy face and, and crossbones. Uh, was it fun to work with the DEF CON logo and work that in? Were there other parts of the conference that they uh, like? Did they get to use some of your design elsewhere in the art? Uh, you know, were there other were they working with you on the art of the badge? Uh, so they designed the art for the lanyard because we were just too busy to do the art for the lanyard. I was like, um, I'm, we're in full production at the moment with keycaps. So they did the art for that. Um, mine just stayed on the badge. I think Has it, it been was any different we were, this year. No, no, I think I'm just staying to the back. They, they have such great, amazing people that I'm, I'm not ready to compete with that. Does that make sense? Hey, why, uh, no. why do you have to compete? Why not, why not reach out and say, Hey, it's what are you guys working I guess. with? Yeah. Oh, uh, um, and just wait yeah, till you guys you're see experiencing this year's artwork. It's amazing. Say one more time. Oh, so wait I till you see wait. this year's it's yeah. So good. I, um, I I can tell that you're you're experiencing a little bit of what we like to talk about on the stream all the time is imposter syndrome, and you know I'm gonna challenge you there, which is you don't have to feel like you are you know unworthy of working with the DefCon artists, as I would consider it. You are a DefCon artist. You develop the art for these badges, and you should embrace that. Thank you. 
one of one of the things I love about this badge is again you you incorporated a lot of film, a lot of media. The thing I'm looking at the badge though is when you were building it, did you, were you cognizant of like these are the challenges I want to build into the badge? Because I'm not sure how many. I know on the goon badge there there it looks like there's some bi- the, um, some binary up at the top. Was there challenges you built into the badge into the artwork or uh, within this year's badge? And then was that. A, was that a challenge going, okay, we have the, these cryptographic challenges or we have these other challenges. Um, like I want to know, like when you design challenges into the artwork, do you come up with the challenge and then design the artwork or do you design the artwork and then go, okay, I want to add this challenge and I'm going to go modify the, the, the artwork. It was kind of a mix of, of both. Like, mm-hmm. um, we sat and he's like, Hey, I want to do a challenge. And I was like, Oh, Okay. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, and I love physical challenges where you have to do something physically to the badge. I think those are the coolest challenges um, because that's something I can understand. I can solder, I can cut traces. I can, I'm very hands-on kind of person. Uh, so I was like, I would love for us to have in our challenge where they have to cut a trace and where they have to add a loop. So they had to connect or they had to, pull the plug on the matrix. And so they had to cut a trace and you had to connect ET with home. So we had them do a wire from ET to uh, Independence Day. That's so is really, I never actually knew that with the badge that the art was that, (laughs) that connected. Like this is, this is showing my, my noobness on this was that I'm looking at the back of the badge, but there are all the wires connected that some of them you had to cut. And then some of that, Matching up the traces with the lines had to be difficult as far as like, okay, how, here's how the silk screen is going to match up with it. Oh man. I like, now that I look at it, I, I'm not going to say it's obvious because it's not, uh, I, I like, I think this, yeah, this is a really good design in the sense of like, there's clearly pads just sitting there and you're any reasonable hardware hacker is going to look at this and go, why is that exposed? Like it's in the middle of a trace. Why is that exposed? Um, that's so cool. I know like I didn't get a chance because we were so busy. Uh, I didn't get a chance to actually sit down and solve the challenges on the badge. I do know that um, command code uh, from, from Darknet and, and one, of, uh, one of his kids sat down and they did the whole badge in the weekend. And you know, to make something that's accomplishable in the weekend and fun is, is, a, is a huge challenge. And have physical components on like this, did did you inspire putting, and you, Katie, uh, inspire getting these physical challenges on here, or was it a collaborative thing, uh, working back and forth? You know, did you did you come back to Mike and say like, no, I want I want this on there. Can you do this? Uh, so yeah, it was just he's like, hey, we need to think of a challenge, and we sat down. And we're like, what are the things we want the challenge to have? And so I'm like. Things that I like to solve are the physical things, and I like doing. So it was a, I I spew a lot of stuff, and he's really good at grabbing my ADD banter <laughs> and bringing it into like he's good at funneling it into like sane words, <laughs> like coherent. That's the word we want, coherent. Uh, so it was. I said, I really would love to have this. If you can, please make this possible. This is still going to be the artwork no matter what. But if you can make this possible, 
that would be really awesome. And so, so he's really good at up. listening. Follow-up question for you. Given that you've had more time this year for DEF CON 30, have you gotten to do a lot more of those things? Uh, and ha have are you excited for this year's artwork? I actually really am. I'm, it's been, he get so normally it's a good collaboration of both of our art styles that we like. Uh, this year, he's like, go for it. Go for your whole art style. And so I've, I'm really excited. I hope people enjoy it. I had a blast doing the art this year. Uh, I wish I could show you some because I'm, I really had a lot of fun. He let me do whatever I wanted. And it was kind of exciting and terrifying and really fun. I, so it's I'm good. sure he's sitting there going, I actually really appreciate that she did everything that she wanted because that means I don't have to think about that portion of it. <laughs> that is team effort, really right? true. Yeah. yeah. No, I'd, I'm really excited. I had a lot of fun. It touches a lot of aspects that I love in art and things. And oh, it's really hard to censor yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, Silk and I were talking about this, and uh, I was like, well, I mean, we, we really should have sent them so, so our listeners can hear. This is recorded totally live, and uh, MK Factor is doing a magnificent job because th they didn't get the set of questions. And in many cases, Silk and I are kind of making up the questions as we go based on what we're interested in. And, and you guys are doing fantastic, uh, really, uh, for, for being able to censor yourself and not talk about portions of this conference because we know that uh you know there's secrecy we're we're familiar with the secrecy around the badges and you know spoil no spoilers for our badge this year Dark darknet does have a badge this year that we are we've been baking oh. this idea for multiple years and i think ah, it's it's same thing i can't there is not literally a single thing that i can say about this year's badge not a single thing that i can say about this year's badge that won't completely ruin the idea and that's it, it, it's so hard to ooh. censor yourself so yeah i agree Ooh, we're that's exciting i can't wait to see i love your badges i love everything you guys have always come up with i'm always like we need to go and find them <laughs> <laughs> i mean like just to be clear you know i i haven't done any of the hardware i've, I've only done the software design um, there's a whole team that goes into the development of these badges and i'm sure that you know, similar with with you guys, it, it's it's amazing how everything comes together at the conference. All the art, all the hardware, all the software, and it's fun to watch people interact with the badges and appreciate these little details. Like just now, I'm you know I'm tickled pink by the fact that you know there's a, I can see the trace on the board that I have to cut. I can see the pads that I need to connect. You know, integrated in with the artwork. And I think a lot of that gets taken for granted. And so I just wanted to, you know, explicitly call out like that artwork design in many cases is just as hard as any other individual task that goes into the badge. Right. And so, uh, you know, it should be, it should be celebrated and yeah, you are a DEF CON artist. So don't talk about DEF CON artists as if you are not one of them. Embrace you. your imposter <laughs> syndrome. So here's, the, here's the, here's the, the clincher. Last year, you you applied. You had like four months to kind of six months, we'll say, to figure it out. But then a month was lost in the decision. Month was lost in some of these like, just problems and issues. So you got down to like a month, maybe two, to design this one. 
However, at DEFCON 29, Dark Tangent made this announcement, which was, you're making the DEFCON 30 badge, and you now have an entire year. Ha- do you feel like what has happened is you go, okay, we're going to take this month. Here, I'll flick on over here. We're gonna, we now, we're going to take a break, like, I don't know, like a month, a week, a day. Or like, when did you start working? When you found out this is the one, when did you start working on the DEFCON 30 badge? So... I mean, we are badge makers, and DEFCON is not the only conference we do badges for. So, um, SaintCon is at the end of October. So, as soon as DEFCON was over, it was jump back into that and finish that one. So, our break was December? Yeah. And so, we started in January, kind of looking at this year's badge. Okay. Yeah. We did like we did play with ideas of what we wanted to do for next year's. Like if they asked us, we're like, all right, let's be prepared if they ask us to do it again. So we had some ideas in our head of what we wanted to do. Um but yeah, we didn't really touch it until January. Yeah. Okay. So you had nine almost eight months. Uh, maybe not even eight months, considering that like mm-hmm. it's at the beginning of the month and whatnot. So right. do you what was the lessons you learned from DEFCON 29 to help with DEFCON 30? Well, it's always more than you think. Yep. Cause like, we're like, we've done the most badges we had done before DEFCON was 1500. Yep. We're like, that can't be that much more. No, 13,000 is way more than 1500 <laughs> by a significant amount. <laughs> by a literal so order always, of magnitude. <laughs> yeah. It's always going to be more work than you're expecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so yeah, we learned don't do as much physical assembly of the badge. Robots but, are nice. Yeah, the double layered <laughs> board with all the the parts and the keycaps and having to put the keys in and everything was just way too much. Yeah, it's it's amazing, especially like the keycaps is one of those ones where it's like if you make the slightest of change to that, it's like Congratulations, we're now doing 50,000 of them. We're doing 40,000 replacements on this one th- this one key. Oh, no. So you make a little tweaks, they they have these lasting impacts. What other lessons did you learn learn from DEFCON 29 which you're not now either you are repeating for DEFCON 30 or you're not repeating for DEFCON 30? Uh I told them no keycaps. <laughs> Won't do that again. And I said no sandwich board. You will not do that to me again. <laughs> we, uh, so. I, we, we, we kind of know that lesson pretty well. Uh, the, the difference between, I always get this wrong, the difference between this badge here and this badge here, which I know that our listeners can't see, but it's our DEFCON uh, Darknet 7 and Darknet 8 badge. Um, the Darknet 7 badge has two processors. <laughs> And after that oh. year, I begged command code. I was like, just one processor, just one processor for the love of, for the love of all that is good. Holy, just one processor, even though we kept the sandwich board design, but yeah. Um, simplifying the physical aspects of, of things can also help simplify the software aspects I find as well. Yeah. Especially when you're doing that kind of quantity, like if you're doing a few hundred, it's fine. But once you get into a large number, it's not as fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, and 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 to be clear, this um, last year, DEFCON 29, was a smaller conference than we're expecting this year. Um, 
I imagine the numbers are probably in the 30, 40,000 range for you guys this year. How, how has been scaling up even more from, from last year been for you guys so far? We don't have um, a big enough house. Yeah, space <laughs> is an issue. Um, and while we can't say numbers, we'll say it is a lot more than last year. Um, and so finding parts has been more of a challenge this year. Um, and it's just quantity-based. There were so many parts we wanted to use, but you just can't get that many. And it sucks. Did you have to make decisions of going, okay, I guess like half the badges will use this part, half the badges this part, or are they all going to be the exact same this year? Um, for the vast majority of it, they will all be the same. There is one part that will be different between about half of them, but it's functionally the same. Okay. Gallery, what were you I was going to say that, that no, well, that's, that's always an interesting thing to think about in terms of, I don't know, we'll go with like 50,000 for a number. Um, in terms of producing microchips and producing hardware, um, something like DEF CON, you don't really think of 50,000 as a large number in some senses. Like you have to imagine the car manufacturers and other, you know, just small device manufacturers that are maybe pumping out hundreds of thousands of devices are going to be ordering these things by, you know, absurd quantities by the pallets or whatever, which is, you know, tens if not hundreds of thousands of things it seems like it would be i'll say easier to acquire quantities that would support defcon but you're saying that that's not the case it's actually very difficult to to find some of the components you need in the quantities is it because there's like this range where you can either get a small amount in terms of like a couple of thousand or you can get three hundred thousand, but you can't get in between or is it just because the parts don't exist um both there are yeah quite a few parts where yeah we could get a thousand or two of them but not anywhere near the quantity we need or yeah there's a million of them and it doesn't matter or at least there's a million of them when we last looked um so the other problem is a lot of really big companies they bypass companies like digikey and whatnot they're going straight to the manufacturer they've got orders in that have been in for a year and so those parts don't make it to the normal distributors where we can get them. Mm, that's a good point. I never actually thought about, about that. So what are the challenges have you hit with DEFCON 30 badge that you're able to share on stream? Um, give us a second. We got to edit our brains. <laughs> uh, mostly just getting the number of parts for things. Uh, there's been a few things where we had it on the prototype. And then when we went to go purchase for the final wasn't there. Oh, sheesh. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we once again did crazy things. Like I ordered the final production boards with a slightly different part and <laughs> hadn't tested it because we didn't have time. And oh, so sheesh. thankfully it worked. <laughs> we got the first production samples and they work, but super scary. Yeah. He, so he was very, has it been that day. <laughs> Has it been relatively smooth sailing this year with the exception of obviously the logistics portion or have you had, have you run into development issues at all? Um, um, or or are you going to save some of that for a talk at the conference? <laughs> yeah, there'll be plenty for that. Um, so yeah, it's been fairly smooth. Um, couple parts issues. 
Um, development is still ongoing and a pain, but we let's just say we were ambitious this year on functionality. So uh, now I'm paying for it with development. <laughs> it sounds like it's going to be more, you pulled back a little bit on the hardware, but you've dove way more into the software for more functionality. So good for him. <laughs> I'd say we, we pulled back on the, the mechanical assembly that we need to do on the badge. Okay. But as far as complexity, there's still plenty there in the hardware. Are you able to share this, which was like last year was a uh, safe mode. We're go- going to safe mode and you put a lot of community aspects into the badge of bringing, bringing us all together, having us interact with each other, what the Simon says with this year, Defcon 30 being homecoming. Have you pushed that concept even farther where it's more interaction, more ways to pull us together? Or is there a few, another kind of theme you're pushing in the badge? Um, I don't know if it's more together, but definitely trying to push social interaction. That, that's always our hope is to get people to interact. Uh, we kind of, sounds of DEF CON. Yeah. yeah, we kind of, we went with the sounds of DEF CON. That was our inspiration. That's, okay. that's all we can give you. No, that's good. I think what we're end up we're end up we're end up getting more at the conference. We're gonna be doing live streaming, and I'm hoping that you're gonna be able to join us there and be able to share the badge off like while we're looking at it. So that sounds of DAFCON is definitely ambitious, and that is a cool inspiration because right now I'm thinking about like the chill out lounge and the contest area and the CTF area, but then also just all the DJs which are gonna be there. DAFCON 30 is going to be massive and just again just think about defcon 30 you have the sounds running through if you could like with with the badge you're designing for defcon 30 what is your hope with it is it to for people to grab it and get inspired to go off and create new things is it to grow the community closer together is to get people hack the badge in ways they have never been seen before i understand that's probably a little bit of all of these but if there was like one hope you had for DEFCON 30 badge life, what is it? Um, I would say it's to get people to interact with the conference in a way they haven't in the past. This is always fun. As badge makers, we like to keep our badges under wraps. And we always you know, feel like we have uh, this, this nugget, the secret that we get to share with the world as we show up to the conference. But the DEFCON badge, the DEFCON badge is the biggest secret at the conference. How does it feel while you are developing this? And once you land on your final design and you start producing it, how does it feel to know that you alone hold the secret that everyone wants for DEFCON 30? The quite ar- arguably, you know, DEFCON 30, it's our biggest, it's going to be our biggest DEFCON in a long time. It's going to be huge. How does it know that you guys hold the biggest secret of DEFCON 30? For me, I hate it. (laughs) You know, I do, me personally, I do badges because I like to share it. And so holding it back for months, I don't enjoy it. I want to share it. AMCs. We are really bad at keeping secrets. Like Christmas time is terrible. We're always like, hey, do you want your present early? I, I could give it to you right now. Like, I'm ready. You can have it right now. And we're usually telling each other, no, we'll wait till Christmas. 
Um, same with birthdays. We're like, hey, it, I know it's a couple days early, but do you want your present? <laughs> so we're really bad at keeping secrets. <laughs> like, but the other piece of this, though, is so funny is, you know, that people are like salivating over any word you say on Twitter, any little nugget you drop. Have you been tempted to like purposely add just ridiculous red herrings into the thing, the, the thing? like dropping like, well, ma- make sure you have your, you know, 90s tape deck ready, ready for you when you come to DEF CON this year. Like, have you like wanted to drop little like obnoxious things just to see what people do with it? Maybe we should. <laughs> right? No, we haven't thought of that. <laughs> I did share a picture of all the like all the stuff that's in our living room right now. Cause I, my, my day job is I'm a tailor and I do costuming. And so there's costumes in my living room along with badge stuff. So my theater life is mixed with our badge life and my house has taken over. Oh goodness. And you know, is if it you even share a house that... anymore? Is it just one no. big workshop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The one thing is, you know, when people got that image too, they're zooming in and cropping in and be like, do you see there's like a little crown over there? Wonder how that interplays. There's a costume over here. That costume must be something which connects over to the badge and people like adding these things up. Yeah, there's tentacles, actually, because I'm making an Ursula costume at the moment. So there's these giant (laughs) tentacles lying around in the living room with our boxes of badge stuff. It's been really great. I can just imagine people just digging through so many of these these pictures or anything you're sharing going like, oh, but do you see that right there? That must be insinuating to a hint of the badge. But I, I don't envy you at all, especially like during this interview, you've been able to censor yourself really, really well, especially when you're saying, oh, we're not great at keeping secrets. But like, we do have we do have the one the one piece you gave us kind of like the inspiration for the badge. And already it has like the cogs turning slowly, grinding a little bit, but thinking on the badge for this year. And one of the nice things about this year is they're not doing virtual badges again. And so it won't be spoiled weeks before. So it'll be nice. Yeah, that was that was a it, it was a weird it was a weird chaotic mess they had to deal with last year between canceling it and then doing virtual and then on site and then they pre-ordered badges and then that added a whole nother la- layer of complexity for you going All right, we need to ship these things with only a few things on them but hold back the core of the firmware that will have to get deployed and that had to be nerve-wracking going like did we censor ourselves in this or is there like some piece of the firmware that like I added by accident in here that someone's going to find? We're like, yeah. And people did tear apart that firmware the moment they got it. I feel like this is I where I would it. be. <laughs> I'd be terrible. I'm sure at it because I'd purposely like put developer notes in be like, look for like, look below for the secret password and then just make sure it's just like just all knobs or something like that sitting there. <laughs> Outside of the badge, uh, because DEF CON isn't just the badge, of course, is there something about DEF CON 30 that you're looking forward to outside of badge life? Our son's going to go this year, so I'm kind of excited to share him DEF CON, like share it with him. He's really stoked to come with us. So, yeah. That is something you said, though, I forgot to bring up was with the DEF CON 29 badge, you have pictures of your kids helping you do all the assembly. Like, it's not just a 
It's not just like, okay, we're going to disappear in the office and go do it, but we're actually going to pull all the kids into it and help assemble. What pieces that were they actually like helping with last year and are they continuing that help this year? They helped with all of it last yeah. year. I mean, from helping print keycaps to assembly and yeah. They, yeah, they dove into everything. They, they don't like the amount of it, but they, <laughs> they, they had a touch with almost everything. Like, yeah. yeah. At a certain point, you're like, all right, first hundred keycaps, first thousand keycaps are okay. About the 40th, 40,000 you're like, all right, this is, this is getting old. And then you're like, oh, we still have 10,000 more to go. It's like flashing our badges. Like, right. hey, this stopped being fun like a good 500 badges ago. Yeah. That's awesome. Any parting shots that you have for us in preparation for DEF CON 30? Um, yeah, so I don't think we talked about this um, we talked about it before we started recording the the SAOs for Ooh, this year. Oh, right. The, the bad the official badge has a spot for an SAO connector. So get design in your SAOs. You yeah. have some time. Yes. And <laughs> the badge does not come with the connector. So oh, there's just a spot for one. Yeah. So so bring if, or, so bring your connectors. Yeah. So bring connectors and get to designing your SAOs. Um, yes. did, can, if I can ask, did you, you, I presume you followed, I think there's a published spec that says the SAOs will use this. I think it's I2C, right? Yeah. It's a six pin connector. Is there pieces on the badge that actually are going to you leverage the data port from some of them? Is that published in a spec somewhere or are those going to have to be like programmed while you're there? Yeah, that would have to be something people will add to the badge later. Some okay. kind of interaction with their SAO. Cool. Gotcha. Um, so if I could make one recommendation, um, I, I know that you guys have a Twitter account, right? And I know that you guys yeah. have um, at least spoiled the SAO port on the badge. Um, I don't know that everyone knows that there's a published spec for how SAOs are supposed to communicate because it's a community specification. Uh, we should put in the link below uh, Silk or in the, in the comments below um, a, a link to that specification so our, our listeners can uh, start hacking away at uh, add-ons. Yeah, absolutely. But with that, thank you so much for your time, MK Factor. I am pumped to see what you come up with DEFCON 30 at, at the homecoming. DEFCON 30 homecoming. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And as always, hack on. <laughs>